Hi, my name is Pete Redden, and welcome to The Way I Taught It, Next Level Aviation Knowledge in Microbursts. Vapor Global Aviation brings this episode to you, creating tomorrow's pilots today. Look them up on Facebook and LinkedIn, Vapor Global Aviation. Welcome to another episode of The Way I Taught It, Departure Planning. A quick note up front, this applies to both VFR and IFR pilots. So, if you are a VFR pilot, please continue to listen as you will assuredly learn something you can apply to your VFR pre-flight planning. This applies to both single and multi-engine departure planning, focusing mostly on IFR departures and departure considerations. We will cover multi-engine, multi-engine departures with an engine failure in another episode. First off, IFR departure planning. We have a few things to cover here. Diverse departure and vector area departures, departure procedures to include obstacle departure procedures and standard instrument departures, ODPs and SIDs, and low close-in obstacles, or terrain and obstacles driving a higher than normal required climb gradient for a very short duration. For this discussion, we will be looking at Millington, Tennessee, KNQA departure procedures, Deer Valley in Phoenix, Arizona, KDVT, and the Deer Valley 1 SID, and Dallas Executive Airport, KRBD, departure procedures. You can find these procedures in the takeoff minimums, departure procedures, and diverse vector area sections of your Terminal Procedures Publication, or TPPs. So what is a diverse departure? Simply put, it is the minimum required climb rate of 200 feet per nautical mile to either a 1,000-foot obstacle clearance in non-mountainous terrain, 25 nautical miles from departure airport, or 2,000-foot obstacle clearance in mountainous terrain, 48 nautical miles from the airport, when turning at 400 feet AGL after departure. If this departure cannot be accomplished, then an ODP must be published, either standalone or within a SID. A quick note on vector area departures. They are almost like diverse departures, but they have an altitude between 400 feet AGL and below minimum vectoring altitude, and can also drive a climb gradient of higher than 200 feet per nautical mile. Now, minimum vectoring altitude is only known by the air traffic controllers in the local area. So next time you're on the radio with them, you can ask them, you know, what's the min vectoring altitude for this sector where your airport is located? And you'll have some idea of how that is calculated. Okay, on the climb gradients, you must be able to convert a climb gradient from feet per nautical mile to climb rate of feet per minute. I see applicants struggle with this on practical exams due in part to the fact that they have not practiced it enough. It is a simple math problem if you use a calculator, but public math on an exam tends to get, well, it kind of gets wrong. So always go back to your calculator on an exam and do the math on the calculator so that you don't uh, mess it up. Take your climb speed, divide it by 60, multiply that by the required climb gradient, and voila you have your required climb rate. Now, you must enter your performance pages and determine if your aircraft is capable of this climb rate. You cannot just assume it is because of your experience. You have to go in, take temperature, pressure altitude, weight, everything that drives performance, you have to take that into account and go into your climb rate chart. Use the time, distance, fuel to climb chart to determine a climb rate if you don't have a climb rate chart. 
take the altitude that you're climbing to and divide that by the time it will take you to get there, and that is your climb rate. So if you don't have a climb rate chart, you can go into the time speed distance chart for climb, figure out how long it's gonna take you to climb to your altitude, divide that altitude by the time, and there you go, you have a climb rate. Next on to ODPs and SIDs. Bottom line, we're most concerned with the ODP or the required climb rate. Obstacle departure procedures are either standalone in the TPP or embedded in the SID. Make sure you check both locations, even if not planning to use a SID as you are still required to outclimb the obstacle. Remember, the obstacle is always there. Let's look at some examples. The Deer Valley 1 departure out of Deer Valley in Phoenix is an example of a SID with an embedded ODP. Take a look at the takeoff minimums for runway 25 right. It states standard with minimum climb rate of 487 feet per nautical mile to 2,800 feet or 1,503 for climb and visual conditions. This is saying two things. If the weather is better than 1,503, you can take off VFR, as in see and avoid the obstacle. If it is below 1,503, you must use the minimum climb rate of 487 feet per nautical mile to 2,800 feet, which requires a climb rate of 731 feet per minute at 90 knots ground speed till reaching 2,800 feet MSL. What does standard mean? Well, that is the standard visibility and ceiling required for the operation under the part of the FARs you're operating under. Most of us in general aviation are operating under part 91, and this equates down basically to zero visibility and zero ceiling. Legal, but not smart. And again, that's for an IFR departure with an instrument-rated pilot. Now look at KNQA, Millington, Tennessee, departure procedures. On runway 04, there are non-standard takeoff minimums. Runway 22 is a diverse departure with the exception of low, low close-in obstacles. More on low close-in obstacles later. It is written for runway 04 that the departure procedure is 301 and one quarter or standard with a minimum climb of 245 feet per nautical mile to 600 feet, or alternatively with standard takeoff minimums and a normal 200 feet per nautical mile climb gradient. Takeoff must occur no later than 2,000 feet prior to the departure end of the runway. Well, what does all that mean? Let's pick it apart by changing the ORs to periods. We now have 301 and one quarter, period. This is the weather required to see the obstacle when in departure position. Identify the obstacle and depart by visually avoiding the obstacle until entering the weather at a 200 feet per nautical mile climb gradient. It is a bit of a diverse departure with weather requirements. For the first or, or following the first or, it is stated standard with minimum climb of 245 feet per nautical mile to 600 feet. Now, this is saying that if you have less than 300 and one and one quarter weather, you must depart with a steeper or more demanding climb gradient since you can no longer see and avoid the obstacle. So we must again do our math to determine the required climb rate, then enter our performance pages of the POH and determine if we can safely meet the required climb gradient slash climb rate. At 90 knots per hour, and there's 60 minutes in an hour, we divide that 90 by 60 and we get 1.5 nautical miles a minute. Times the 245 feet per nautical mile gives us 367 and a half feet per minute climb rate to meet this departure procedure. Jump into your POH 
and make sure that you can meet that. After the final OR, it is stated, alternatively with standard takeoff minimums and a normal 200 feet per nautical mile climb gradient. Takeoff must occur no later than 2,000 feet prior to the departure end of the runway. What is happening here is the terpster, or the person who's discerning all of this information for us to depart safely, has calculated that the runway is so long, and in this case it's 8,000 feet, that most aircraft will become airborne prior to the end of it. A calculation determined that if you lift off prior to 200, prior to 2,000 feet remaining, you can climb at 200 feet per nautical mile and still avoid all obstacles up to the MEA within 25 nautical miles of the airport. Now a bit on diverse departures. If you look at Dallas Executives or KRBD departure procedures, you will note that there are a few instructions on the page that both VFR and IFR pilots must follow. There are takeoff minimums that we have already covered under K and QAs. Then below that, there are departure procedures. Note that there are all associated with westbound or southbound turns. If you look at Dallas-Fort Worth sectional chart, you will see an antenna farm to the southwest with antennas extending up to 2,549 feet mean sea level. So ensure that you are climbing as instruction, instructed prior to turning. Now if you're turning eastbound or northbound on those runways, opposite the instructions, you can consider that a diverse departure and turn at 400 feet AGL. Let's discuss low close-in obstacles real quick. These are obstacles that due to their proximity so close to the runway that they drive a climb gradient that is relatively absurd for an incredibly short period of time, a matter of a few seconds. These obstacles are left up to the PIC to determine if they will be a factor in departure planning. So don't gloss over them, especially if they're in the direction that you want to turn. Take the time to digest their height and distance from the runway and ensure you can clear them with the formulas previously discussed. Again, I'm Pete Redden. And that's another episode of The Way I Taught It. Thank you for finding this podcast worthy of your inclusion in your study of aviation. Until next time, fly safe, fly smart. That's The Way I Taught It.